0: not the football player with the Cardinals. And uh, so I'll be there Saturday. And so got a busy week, but I'm glad to be busy for the Lord. Amen. Genesis chapter number 22 tonight. And let's begin reading, please, in verse number 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, And get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham arose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lab will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, tonight for your word. And thank you, Lord, for this portion you directed our heart to for this evening's service. Lord, I pray, God, that you would bless this message, use it for thy glory, and that we see no man save Jesus only. We'll love you and thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. When you come to Genesis 22, of course, as we mentioned this morning this of course is the account of Abraham and Isaac and uh, when you think about Abraham you think about three things that describe Abraham first of all Abraham is a man of faith he is listed in Hebrews 11 by faith Abraham went out not knowing whether he went uh, but he saw the city whose builder and maker is God and even though they could have stayed and and they could have been satisfied living in the earth of the Chaldees they now seek a better country that is heavenly therefore God is not ashamed uh, to be called their God. Why? Because Abraham was a man of faith. We know in Hebrews 11 verse 6 the Bible said but without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them uh, that diligently seek him. So we know that Abraham is a man of faith uh, but then we know that Abraham is the father of the Jews. There were no Jews, there were no Hebrews up until Abraham God selected Abraham and God chose Abraham in Genesis chapter. Chapter Twelve, but I tell you the greatest thing that we know about Abraham—not was he only a man of faith, and not only that he was the father of the Jews, uh, but James two twenty three tells that Abraham was the friend of God, Amen. And I tell you, if you'll live by faith and you'll honor God, uh, you can be known as a friend of God, Amen. And so that's who Abraham is in this text. Now, in the verses we have read tonight, uh, we know this is the famous account as we preached this morning about Abraham taking Isaac up the mountain in perfect in the preparation of offering him as a burnt offering there on the mountain after the word of the Lord. And up until this point in Abraham's life, Abraham has had some difficult days. No doubt about that. I tell you, I believe the day uh, when he had to send Hagar out that we preached a few weeks ago, and had to send Ishmael out, I'm sure that was a difficult day uh, and a challenging day in Abraham's life. But I think you would agree with me tonight that in Genesis 22 when God told him uh, to take his son, to take that promised son, uh, to take that one whom he loved and take him up on top of that mountain and slay him. I believe this is probably the most difficult day, this is the most disturbing day in Abraham's life. Wouldn't you agree with that? Now I love to study Genesis 22. Genesis 22 uh, is a great gospel picture. We preached a little bit about that this morning, but I want to look at it practically tonight and contextually tonight. And when you study the word of God, uh, there are principles of hermeneutics that's a big $755 word uh, for the study of the Bible and there and, and the way we study the Bible and one of the ways that we study the Word of God is that we read it, amen but another way we study it is by the, using the principle of first mention I believe many of you have been under my preaching long enough you've heard men of God mention of the principle of first mention what is that? well that is when you find the first time a word is used in the Bible and many times that first mention of that word in the Bible, it will carry that theme, Throughout the entirety of the Word of God. Did you know in Genesis 22, there are several uh, first mentions found in Genesis 22. I want to emphasize one of them tonight. The first, the first mention I want to emphasize tonight is found in verse number 5. Would you look at it with me please? And Abraham said to his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder, and here's our word tonight, and worship and come again to you. This is the first time uh, that the word worship is used in your Bible. And so here's what my thought is tonight. Uh, Many times people think that you can only worship God when everything is perfect and wonderful in your life. I mean when things are jubilant, when everything's going well, uh, when you don't have any problems, when you don't have any difficulties and I tell you, you're just drinking lemonade sitting in the shade. I mean just everything's going right in your life. Everything's perfect. Uh, But that is not the principle first mentioned in Genesis 22 when it comes to worship. Here's what the context of worship is the first time you find in your Bible. It is a man who is having possibly the worst day of his life. The most difficult day in his life. But yet, he is still going to worship God. Amen. I submit to you tonight that we ought not just worship God on the good days, but we ought to worship Him on the bad days. Amen. We ought not just worship God when things are going good in our life but we ought to worship God when things are going bad in our life I like what the old song says don't care much for the southern gospel groups but I do like the old song that says for the God on the mountain he's still God in the valley amen I'm glad when things go wrong God's still right amen when things look difficult God's still good when things are bad God's still faithful when things are difficult God is still worthy and he is still righteous and pure and holy and he deserves our worship tonight I want to preach for a few minutes tonight on worshiping God on the difficult days worshiping God on the difficult days you're going to have difficult days in your life somebody said well I ain't never had a difficult day one or two things you was either born this morning or you're a liar Everybody has difficult days. Everybody has, has days uh, that where the, the enemy and the attacks of the world and the flesh uh, come against us. And, and just to be honest with you, uh, sometimes it's just life. I, I'm not an advocate for the devil tonight, but he ain't messing with your car battery. Help me now. I'll tell you, the devil's fighting me. My air conditioning's going out. No, it's August. Amen. I mean, if your air conditioner goes out in December, then it might be the devil. All right? Uh, but it's August, okay? It, it, it's supposed to. It's supposed to go out. That's why they make uh, air conditioning companies. I tell you, the devil's fighting me. Uh, the devil did. The devil, I highly doubt the devil's messing with you. The, the devil looked at that crowd and said, Paul, we know, and Jesus, we know, but who are you? Amen. And so why do we think that the Lord of darkness, the the devil himself, I'm going to get those Christians, I'm going to mess up their AC unit, and I'm going to kill their car battery, and I'm going to put nails in their tires. This is the same devil that had people burned at the stake and thrown the lines, but now he's resorted to car batteries, tires, and AC units, and sound system. Don't forget the sound system. Sound system, pop. well, the devil's getting in this sermon. No, it's cheap junk from Radio Shack, okay? And, and then a preacher will cough. well, the devil don't like this sermon. No, it's called allergies and smoking, okay? And so when I'm telling, I don't do that, but I'm talking about my other friends. Uh, but, but I'm just telling you tonight uh, that things just happen in life. There's going to be days that are difficult. There's going to be times of trials. There's, I'm going to tell you, Abraham had every reason not to worship God in Genesis 22. I guarantee you don't feel like it. I guarantee you in this text he don't want to. I guarantee you the, the difficulty and the trial. I, you know he lost sleep over this. You know he didn't go back to sleep in Genesis 22:1. You know that night when God appeared to him and told him to take Isaac on that mountain and slay him. He didn't go back to sleep. I couldn't. Help me out now. I know I couldn't just turn back over and go to sleep. He's tired. He don't feel like it. But what do we find him doing in verse number 5? He tells those young men that I and the lab will go yonder and worship. Why is Abraham worshiping? Three things. Number one, Abraham is worshiping because he had a word from God. Verses 1 and 2, he had a word from God. I thought about this. It was a direct word. For God said, Abraham. Notice who God called in this direct call. Abraham's a saved man, if you would. He's a separated man. Ain't it interesting that God never called Lot to make a sacrifice? You know why? Because Lot was not separated. Amen. You got all these people and I can't get hung up here. I got to get to the camp meeting but you got all these people and I'm not necessarily talking about here but if the shoe fits, put it on their hoss. Oh, but you got these people that live in the world all week long. They live like the devil and they never think about God but they want to come in on Sunday morning and get their worship on and get their praise on. They ain't spent one moment in the Bible. Oh, they ain't prayed all week long. Oh, they're not filled with the Spirit but they're going to come in and worship. No, they may come in and do a performance. I heard I heard one of them jack legs this afternoon. I was stalking. On their services like I do, and he got up and said, "Well, welcome these these singers." I almost said sinners. I know the group; they are sinners. Welcome these singers to the stage. Well, at least he was honest about it because they were performing. It was a stage. Just saying, a stage. This is a pulpit, Amen. Uh, but God don't God don't call people uh, that are not separated to worship. And then this man was a serving man. Abraham's busy serving God. It was a direct word. It was a design word. The Bible said it came to pass after these things that God did. Tempt Abram, Abraham. This word tempt does not mean enticing one to sin. James 1.13 clears that up. God tempteth no man with evil. What does this word tempt mean? It means to test. It means to try or to prove. What is God testing or trying Abraham in this text? He's testing his devotion. Notice the text said, take Isaac, whom thou lovest. There's nothing wrong with a parent loving their child as long as that parent don't put that child in front of God. You know what Abraham's desire was? Abraham's desire. Abraham's passion. Abraham's desire was to have a son. So God gives it to him. Now God said, let's see who's first place in your life now. You've asked me for this son. You've asked me for this. Now let's see who's got first place in your life now. If we're not careful, we'll ask God for things and God will answer that prayer. And then we'll put the God's answer to prayer before God. His word still says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Uh, example, let's get it practically. I'll uh, somehow pray for a job and God will give them a job. Then they can't come back to church on Wednesday night, not because they're working and not because they're having to do overtime, but because they're too tired and they're staying at home sleeping. You know what they're doing? They're putting that before God. Well, God can take your job away so you can be faithful to church. Amen. I tell you, we ought to put God first if we're not careful. I've seen parents do that with children. They'll put their children before the Lord and get them out of church and get them away and out of the will of God. And that's what God's doing. He's testing Abraham's devotion. He's testing Abraham's desire. From Genesis 12 to Genesis 22, almost every time you see Abraham praying or talking to God, the central theme of that conversation is the promise that God made to Abraham concerning that son Isaac. But now that he has Isaac, God is testing to see if Abraham still loves him like he did before. Then he's testing his delight. Because in Genesis 21 eight, Abraham throws that feast for Isaac when he's weaned. Who does that? <laughs> when Judah quit, you know, quit with formula, we should have thrown a feast. We saved us 30 bucks a week. Somebody say, a man, right there is like getting a raise When she gets out of diapers, we're going to have a party. Amen. Thank God we'll be done with diapers. Of course, by the time we get done with diapers, we'll have to be buying them for Eric, all right? But I'm just, as old as he's getting, amen. But I'm just telling you, I mean, who throws a party when their child's weaned? So Abraham's delighting in Isaac. And God said, all right, I'm going to test. Do you delight in Isaac more than you delight in me? Are you more excited over your blessing? than the one who blessed you with your blessing? If we're not careful, we'll get so focused on the things that God's given us. Hey, we're going to Thanksgiving. Y'all pray for me. Grace will not let me put up the Christmas tree at the house. Scrooge. Amen. I said, it's past July 4th. I mean, what are we waiting on? Somebody said, well, you ought to celebrate Thanksgiving first. I'm thankful it's almost Christmas, all right? I, I just like that. I mean, I, we get past camp meeting, and I've already got my, my pumpkin spice candles in my office, and I'm already ready for college football, and that means Christmas times are coming, all right? And so I just, I just like that. I enjoy that. But you know what? We're going to have a Thanksgiving service, and we're going to pass the mic around. And I want to hear what you're thankful for. But if we're not careful, we'll spend more time thanking God for the things he's given us instead of thanking God for God. And thanking Him for His Son. And what He he did for us when He died on the cross of Calvary. You realize if God never blessed you, if all He did was save you in the work that He did on the cross, that's enough to thank God for? It was a deliberate word. Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. You know, worship is not something we do in our spare time. Or when we have convenient, but it's something that is mandated by God. A distinct word. I won't spend much time on this because I preached it this morning. He said, but get thee into the land of Moriah. I didn't preach this this morning. But you know what the word Moriah means? It means chosen by Jehovah. So God, now watch this now. God had a specific place that he wanted Abraham to worship. It wasn't down at the lake. It wasn't down at the ball field. It wasn't down at the family reunion seeing your grandma who's said, Don't go to church. Somebody help me, Amen. It was, da- it was at a specific place that God chose. You know where God's placed His name in the New Testament dispensation? The local church. Hey, now you all to worship God in your prayer place. You all to worship God in your Bible reading. Oh, but there is a place that has been set apart uh, for the worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the house of God. Can I get an amen out of that? It was a distinct word. It was a divided word. And offer Him upon the, offering for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. You know... It's 6.30. I'm doing good. You know, I've given this before, but it's been a while. You know, God ain't made no more water since he made it in Genesis 1. You realize that, right? All the water, all the water in the world, God made on creation day. He ain't made no more water since then. What happens? Well, it's the water cycle. The sun comes out, and the water is evaporated into up into them clouds. And then clouds fill up with water, and then it rains the, rains the water back down, and it is a water cycle. And you understand, they teach that in school. That is a scientific fact. There ain't no, that rain we had the other week, ain't no telling how many times that rain has rained on you already. That rain was probably the same water that was in Noah's flood. Think about that. That rain, amen, that water and that rain, some of y'all look looking at me like a calf's in a new gate. That rain, and I've always heard that, but nobody's ever illustrated what a cast iron in a new gate looked like. I think it would look like that. That rain, that water that we enjoy every day, that water you took a shower in this morning, is all purified. I'll tell you how many people took a shower in that same water? Oh, ain't that nasty? <laughs> well, just ruined that for everybody. That's why they make soap. <laughs> all right. But what I'm saying this morning is, or this evening, the only way that it can rain is for the sun to. To evaporate that water into them clouds. You know why, how we somebody said, well, I ain't, God ain't rain no blessings down on me. You've been spending any time in the sun? You've been sending anything up to him? You've been spending time worshiping him and thanking him? Don't expect him to send anything else down if you ain't sending nothing up. Amen. So why is Abraham worshiping on this difficult day? Y'all, y'all getting a hold of this? Because he had a word. But number two, this outline, this outline is so pitiful, but it's the best I got. Not only did it because he had a word, but Abraham was worshiping on this difficult day because he knew God was worthy. Yes. I thought about this. You notice how I'm quick in verse number, uh, verse number three, look, look at this phrase, and Abraham rose up early in the morning. Wow. He's over 100 years old in this text. He is, a, he is diligent. He is, he is getting involved in worship. Why is he doing this? Because he knows God's worthy of worship. You know why? And I'm going to run through this quickly. But you know why Abraham knew God was worthy of worship? God had called Abraham in Genesis 12. Abraham was a heathen. Acts chapter 7, verse 1 in Stephen's sermon. He said, The God of glory appeared on our father Abraham when he was in Mesota- Mesopotamia before he dwelt in a chair, In other words, God showed up in Abraham's life. He was Abram. He was a lost sinner. Oh, but one day, God showed up in Abraham's life. And if you would, he called him out of darkness into his life. And do you remember the day when God came by your way and God showed up in your life and he made a difference in? Called you out, God. Abraham knew that God had called him, but then Abraham knew God had changed him. When God found Abram, you know what his Abraham. You know what his name was. Abram. But after he got to knowing God, God made him Abraham. Amen. Mays Jack said, God, Abraham started tithing God put some ham on the end of his name. Amen. And if you'll start tithing, God will put some ham in your life. Amen. Charles Ham. Alright. Oh, but what I'm saying is, is that God will bless you. God changed him. He was not the same man anymore. And aren't you glad you thanks to Calvary we're not what we used to be. Abraham rose up early that morning. It's difficult. He's not looking forward to what he has to do. Oh, but he remembers he was a lost sinner on his way to Hell, I don't know what he understood about eternity. Oh, but God appeared in his life. He's not the same man anymore. How could he not go and worship? He knew God was worthy. And I'm telling you, you may not feel like worshiping. You may not feel like singing. You may not feel like shouting. The world might be cra- caving in around you. Oh, but you remember that God saved you, and God has changed you, and God's made a difference in your life. He is worthy of our worship tonight. Then God had comforted him. Genesis 15, it's right after he's told Sodom, no. You know, he delivers a lot from the hand of Sodom. And the king of Sodom, Brother David, tries to pay Abraham. And Abraham said, I'm not going to take from a shoe latch to a thread, lest thou say I have made Abraham rich. He said, I'm not going to take the world's bribe. I'm not going to take anything from the world. And there he stands in Genesis 15, just told the world, no. And God shows up and says, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield, and watch it now, and thy exceeding great reward. Amen. He comforted Abraham. Abraham took a stand against the wall, and God showed up in the next chapter and said, Abraham, you don't need the wall because you have me. Why would I need what Sodom has to offer me? Oh, would I have the shield and an exceeding great reward in the God of heaven? Amen. Amen. Then in Genesis 15, God made covenant with him. Boy, that covenant, Brother Stroud, during Timothy conference, he taught us about that covenant. Boy, it was good. When they made covenant, some of y'all weren't here, so I'll testify about it a little bit. When, when two men would make covenant, they would do several things. The first thing they would do was exchange robes. If me and Brother Richard was making covenant, uh, I would take his robe, he would take mine, and we would exchange that. And what, here's what that's saying. My possessions are your possessions, and your possessions are my possessions. Then we would exchange weapons. I'd give him my sword, he would give me his sword. And that signifying saying, my power is your power. Then the next thing they would do is they'd take a knife and not cut into the wrist, but cut across the wrist. Like them old westerns when them cowboys and Indians become blood brothers. And they'd cut across their wrist. And then they'd join hands like that. My blood would mix with his blood. And saying, my life is your life. And if your sons, ever, if Uriah or Micah is ever in trouble, and you're not around, I'll take care of them. And if Dax and Sidler or Judah is ever in trouble, and I'm not around, you'll look after them. That's what David and Jonathan's covenant was. That's why David reached out and took care of Mephibosheth. But here's the next thing they'd do. They'd plant a tree commemorating that covenant. Then they would sacrifice animals. And they'd sacrifice those animals. And I, I ain't going to do it because I doubt me and you can walk a figure eight. But those men will walk a figure eight around those sacrifices, and what that was—that walking that figure eight—said this: If I don't keep my word, let what happened to those sacrifices happen to me. If I don't keep my word, so in Genesis 15, God comes to Abraham, and says, "I'm gonna make a covenant with you." And Abraham—he don't have a robe to give God, he don't have a sword to give God. He, and my goodness, he's a man. He can't keep his word. So God told Abraham, get the sacrifice together. And the Bible said God put Abraham to sleep. And when Abraham woke up, he looked and he saw a smoking lamp and a burning furnace walking in the midst of the sacrifice. What was it? It was God. What they were doing, they walked that figure eight. When they got to the sacrifice, they joined hands and shake hands. You know what God did in Genesis 15? When he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. God shook hands with himself. Abraham couldn't keep covenant with God. And so God said, Abraham, I'm going to make covenant with you and I'm going to tell you how how binding it's going to be. It's not going to be dependent on you, but it's going to be dependent on me. And aren't you glad tonight our salvation ain't dependent on us? Because if it depended on me, I'd be in a mess. I'd be dead and in hell. Oh, but thank God he made covenant with himself at Calvary. And the blood was shed. And the oath was made. By the way, after well, they, they would cut through their wrists, they'd take them ashes from that fire and rub it in that wrist to make a scar. That's why every time they look down at their hands, They remember a covenant had been made. Amen. And aren't you glad that every time he looks at his hands, he sees the wounds of Calvary. And he's reminded that he's made covenant with us. So God says, Abraham, won't you go worship me? Abraham said, How couldn't I? I can't, how can I not you're worthy of it you've kept your word oh, you've given me this child you've been good to me you've answered prayer you've kept your word and, and you're a promise keeping God I may not understand it things are difficult I may not comprehend it but here's what I'm going to do I'm going to get up in the morning I'm going to get me a donkey I'm going to get my boy and I'm headed to Mount Moriah I'm going to worship you because you've been good Preacher, you don't know the kind of week I've had. No, I'm sure you've had a difficult week. I'm not, being, I'm not being sarcastic when I say that. But he's still worthy. He saved you. He changed you. Amen. By the way, he gave, it, he gave him that child too. That thing he wanted. He gave it to him. I'm telling you tonight, I'm reaping from fields that I've not sown from. I'm enjoying blessings and I've had nothing to do with it. God's poured on me. How can I come to church and sit there with a mush mouth? And How can I sit there and go to church and not sing and not testify and not worship? I know we all get through difficulty. That's why I'm preaching this tonight. In spite of difficulties, God ain't asked any of you to kill your son. Amen. He, amen. He killed his son uh, so that we could worship him. And we ought to magnify him tonight. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. You ought not go to church and watch. You ought to go to church and get in. Oh, Thomas said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Amen. amen. If you come here just to watch, I wish you to stay at home. Somebody help me, amen. Send your money in because we still, your money spends the same, amen. Somebody said, God loveth a cheerful giver. Yes, he does, but we'll take it from a grouch and a tight wad. It all spends the same. Say amen, Miss Carolyn. That's exactly right. Somebody said, if you're just going to have a grouchy spirit, don't even give it. You won't hear that around here. We'll take it from you, Scrooge. Amen. We will take it and we will spend it in Jesus' name. You better believe that. Duke Energy don't care. Duke Energy, when they get our check, they don't say, well, is this person happy when they gave it? They do not care. I promise you. And we don't either. All right? You're the one losing out on that. Why did he worship? Because he had a word from God. Because he knew God was worthy. Here's the last thing. Why did Abraham worship on this difficult day? This is real deep. Because he wanted to. God, Brother Richie, God don't make anybody worship. He called for Abraham to do this, but Abraham could have said no. Abraham said, no, 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 no. no. I'll do, I'll do a lot of things for you, Lord. But I can't do that. You know, Brother Davy Shelton says this. Man, I called pastor. He said, worship is always premeditated. Nobody worships on accident. Nobody testifies on accident. Amen. Nobody will praise God on accident. It's all, you ought to come to to church and make up your mind. I'm going to sing today. I'm going to worship God today. Amen. I'm going to thank the Lord today. I'm going to tell you what's going to help your cold heart. Uh, For me to think that everybody in this church is on fire for God, I'd have to be out of my mind. And Some of y'all think I am. Well, she was nice today. Bless your heart. I was waiting for Miss Patty to say amen to that. Amen. Everybody in this church is not on fire for God. Everybody in this church is not where they need to be with God. Because I know there's been times as a pastor I've not been where I need to be. So you know what help us all? Just make up our mind. In spite of what's going on in the world, in spite of what's going on around us, we're going to come in and we're going to worship Him. We're going to praise God. We're going to read His Word. We're going to pray. We're going to sing. We're going to get involved. We're going to give. I mean, don't you know what the world's doing? Yes, I do. And I really don't care. It's not about the world. This is about God. This is eternal matters. So many churches get caught up on current events. How I many of y'all remember in school? I don't know if they still do this. Do they still make y'all do current events? Chloe's like, what's that? <laughs> Apparently, no. <laughs> Eric done a current event one time. It was called the Assassination of Lincoln. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> well, he was there when it happened, so I guess he ought to know. That's what Johnny Cash said. But anyway, I uh, they used to do, y'all don't, y'all don't do current events where you have to like read the newspaper and find something and bring it in and write something about it? Yeah, she has no idea what I'm talking Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Current event. Okay, all right. Thankfully, I thought it was just something weird my mom made me do. Okay. <laughs> I was homeschooled. I mean, you know, you can recognize a homeschooled uh, family three miles away in the dark, all right? <laughs> Heading to Chick-fil-A, amen. But, you know, so many churches have become current event or- oriented. What's going on in the world. They want to talk about what's going on in this world. You know what I like to do? I like to, talk, I like to talk about what's going on in that world. I mean, that's where I'm headed. I'm leaving this world. Why do I care what they're doing in here? I'd rather get to that world. What are they doing over there? You know what they're doing over there? John told me about it in Revelation 4. You know what they're doing? They're doing what we ought to be doing here. They're worshiping. They're lifting up Jesus. They're saying, worthy is the land that was slain. And so if they're doing that over there, shouldn't we do that on the way over there? We're going to sing at the camp meeting tonight. Everybody will be happy over there. That's a Baptist preacher's favorite song. Because at one point, everybody will finally be happy. I don't know if that's true. I've been around Baptists my whole life. There's still going to be three or four grumps over in the corner. I just don't like how the Lord's done that, I'd you right now. (laughs) Uh, They're going to be. I mean, I hope I'm on the other side of heaven from them. How many of y'all know there's some people, you're glad they're going to heaven, but you hope like they're on the other side of heaven from you. Somebody help me, all right? Hey, man. You ain't talking about Rhonda, are you, Tony? Okay. Oh hey, anybody being married to Tony for all, all them years, I to go to heaven whether they saved or not. All right. Uh, but anyway, that was for you, Miss Rhonda. Amen. But they come so current event and talking about the world and talking about the president and talking about the government. And no, and I'm the one that's got to leave. So let's see. I'm doing good on time. Y'all all right? All these churches, I watch these, I, I watch these preachers sometimes at different churches. And they'll take 20 minutes talking about how bad the world is and how bad it is and how, how they're mad about everything going on in the world. All right, now let's worship God. After 20 minutes of that, you know, where's a pistol? Come on now. I mean, just, yeah, just go ahead and end it all. I mean, if it's bad, what you, I pray God, I mean, it's bad. But, you know, they ended up, but God's still good. Why don't we take 20 minutes and say, you know, things are bad in this world, but ain't God been good? Ain't he been faithful? And just brag on God for about 45 minutes. I think that's what they call church. Amen. I would say y'all are blessed, but I think y'all might be cursed having somebody like me as your pastor that is so sarcastic and has been in church his whole life and been in every kind of meeting because things just aggravate me. That's not what church is. You don't see David walking into the temple saying, Boy, did you see Goliath? Or tabernacle? See how bad Goliath was? What did he say? No, David walked in and said, Boy, God killed that giant, did he? Ain't God faithful? Ain't God good? He worshipped because he wanted to. Now think about this. His diligence, he rose up early in the morning. His discernment, he saw that place afar off. His directions, he told the young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and me and the lad will go yonder and worship. He took his descendant. He got his children involved in worship. His declaration. I preach that. My God says to provide himself a lamb. A lamb for a burnt offering. And his dedication. He's got Isaac tied to the altar. And in verse 10, Brother Richie, he's got the knife back, Brother Charles. He made up his mind. He was going to worship God. Here's what I thought about. Abraham's walking up this side of the mountain. And here's what he's saying. I don't know what God's going to do today. But I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to worship. There's going to be some days that are difficult. And you say, I really don't know what God's doing. But I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to worship. Sounds like something Job said sitting in the ashes. The Lord giveth. The Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If we only worship on the days that are good, we won't worship very often, will we? Because the Bible said, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. That's Job 14.1. Oh, but by the way, John 14.1 says, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. I hear so many people quote Job 14.1, but they forget what John 14.1 says about trouble. Believe in God, believe also in me. Put your faith in me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not thine I don't understand. Abraham don't know what God's going to do, but Abraham said, I know what I'm going to do. You get a hold of that. Some of you are facing circumstances and difficulties. And you're saying, I really don't know what God's doing. I don't know how God's going to work this out. Here's what you all do. You all make up your mind. But come Sunday morning, I know what I'm going to do. And come Sunday night, I know what I'm going to do. And by the grace of God, come Wednesday night, I know what I'm going to do. And Lord willing, when I get my Bible and, and I get my prayer place, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to worship God. And here's what happened when he finally made up his mind, he's going to worship God. He gets to the top of that mountain. Here's what happened. There was a proclamation from the Lord. God spoke out of heaven. He heard God's voice again. There was the presence of the lamb. He saw that ram caught in the bushel by his, thorn, by his horns and those thorns. And there was a picture of love. He saw a beautiful picture of Calvary. Here's what Jesus said. Abraham saw my day and was glad. Now you chew on that one for a minute. How did Abraham see the Lord's day? I think he saw it up there at Mount Moriah. When he saw that ram died in the stead of his son. If we only worship God on the good days, we won't worship Him very often. So, y'all, hey, make up your mind. I don't understand what God's doing. I can't figure out what He's doing. By the way, if you could, He wouldn't be God. You know, God don't owe you owe you, and He don't owe me an explanation about anything. I like the song, but it ain't scriptural. You know, we'll understand it better by and by. Well, by and by, it won't matter. I think we forget sometimes when we get that glorified body, He's also going to give us that glorified mind. And we're going we're to have that mind of God. Have that comprehension. And we won't, why are we going to ask questions? It ain't going to matter. We made it. I'm going to ask the Lord this and that. No, you're not. Because one glimpse. At, here's what Revelation 21 said. The former things are passed away. Former things. You better make up your mind. You know what? Things are good. I'm going to worship God. Hey, thank God for those good days. There are days, Brother Rich. Well, man, I'm like, I can charge hell with a water pistol. Let's go. Don't that sound so dumb? (laughs) A water pistol. I'm going to charge hell. I'm going to put out the fire. It's just one weird thing preachers say. And there are some days I wonder, is he even there? Come on now. Anybody ever been on that before? Is God even hearing me? I mean, there's some and there's some days. I mean, praise God, we come to church. I see it here as a pastor. I hate rainy Sundays because everybody comes in. To... I hate holiday Sundays because everybody's here on Mother's Day to worship Mama, and on Father's Day all the dads are mad because Mother's Day gets made more over than Father's Day. And on Easter Sunday, you got all the CEOs here, the Christmas and Easter only people. And on Memorial Day and Veterans Day and July Fourth, you know, you know. You know Good and all that. But I'm telling tell you, you just better make up your mind. I don't care if it's Monday. I don't care if it's Sunday. I don't care if it's Mother's Day, Father's Day, Kwanzaa, Christmas. I don't care if it's a good day or a bad day. He's worthy of my worship. I got a word. God told me God is a spirit, and they that worship me must worship in spirit and truth. But you got to want to. I'm going to tell you why you do not worship and why I do not worship. You ready? You ready? Everybody looking for you? You know why you don't worship? You don't want to. You know why you don't testify? You don't want to. You know why you don't sing? Because you don't want to. You know why you're not faithful to church? Because you don't want to be. People do what they want to do. You know why you don't read your Bible? Because you don't want to. You know why you don't pray? Because you don't want to. That's where, that's where, boy, I hate this word. It's where discipline comes in. I hate the word discipline. It used to mean you getting a whooping. That's a nice way to say whooping. You know what discipline is? It's doing things that you know is right, even when you don't feel like doing it. We're emotional creatures. We are. We have emotions. But we're against emotionalism. Amen. We're not, we're not for you know, rolling around on the floor like a, some fish out of water and foaming at the mouth and all that kind of stuff. But we ought to make up our mind. You know what? I'm going to sing and I'm going to praise God by faith. Remember what I said about Abraham in the introduction? Come on, Brother Matthew. Remember what I said about Abraham in the introduction? He's the man of faith. You know how much faith it took to walk up that mountain? He don't know there's a ram up there. But he- Hebrews 11, I read it this morning. He's accounting accountant that God would raise Isaac up. Not just raise... It's easy. I mean, God raised him from the dead, but he's going to have to put all those organs, all that fat... I- I'm not trying to be mean, but he- I preach he had to dissect Isaac. You talking about a man of faith? He told those young men, we will come again to you. We're coming back down. Sometimes you've got to worship God by faith. Here's what by faith says Lord, I really don't know what you're doing. I don't understand it. I don't know why this happened. I don't know why this happened. I don't know why this didn't happen. Here's what I'm going to do You're worthy. And I've got your word. And I want to worship you. How's you want to tonight? Let's stand. I appreciate your attention. Oh